Welcome to the February 20th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show, where we do a deep dive market analysis every day and cover the biggest stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. Jumping right into the market analysis, Bitcoin's currently at 3920. It has been quite volatile this morning, as low as 3870 and as high as 3970. $100 range this morning alone. And that repeats the trend of the past day. Yesterday, Bitcoin went as low as 3840 and as high as like 4020. That's $180 range. So Bitcoin is known for being volatile in trading. In general, though, Bitcoin is going up. The rally recently started on February 17th. It started at about 3550, one up to 3900. And now it's been in general, like if you draw a straight line, like an average through the past couple of days trend on February 18th, 19th, and now into the 20th, it's going up from about 3890 to maybe like 3920. A slow uptrend, but lots of volatility in between. If you zoom out, you'll see that there was a nice rally on February 8th. And that took Bitcoin from 3350 to about 3630. And then Bitcoin went down a little bit, down to like 3550, maybe 3560. And then we had that rally we just talked about, the most recent one. So these two rallies have added to each other. And that's kind of rare in the past few months. This is a very positive sign. And also the rally that happened on February 18th, February 17th, February 18th, the most recent rally, it actually lasted like a couple days. So it started on February 17th, uh, occurred all throughout the day on February 18th, and then February 19th we hit 4,020 yesterday. So this rally, and it's, it's continued, it's still slowly going up. So that's very positive. Like we haven't really seen a rally just kind of continue. Most of the rallies in recent months during this horrible bear market have like lasted way less than a day. And then by like a few days later, Bitcoin's lower than where the rally even started. So we're actually seeing rallies add to each other. We had that rally on like February 8th and February 17th, February 18th add to each other. And in general, so Bitcoin's going up. If you zoom out to that 12-hour chart, before Bitcoin was declining towards that $3,100 level throughout uh, December, like the latter half of December 2018 through the first half of February 2019, uh, Bitcoin was on a slow downtrend from about $4,100 Towards the $3,100 level, we got as low as like $3,300. So it got very close to that $3,100 level, and that that is still the long-term support. That's like the bear market bottom, like the true support level for the whole Bitcoin market in general, long-term. But if you look at the past two little rallies adding to each other, we're actually like going upwards from that level. So that's a positive sign. Some people might say this is a bottom... It's too soon to say it's a bottom. We need to see some more rallies add to each other like this over the course of a month or two or three before we can say, okay, the bottom's in. Bitcoin's going up now. Because if you zoom out, like zoom out to that one week chart on Bitcoin wisdom, actually three days is a little better, or even one day. You can see Bitcoin decline from $20,000 down to like 3100 over the course of about just over a year. And the recent uptrend is basically just like a slight blip. We've had bigger rallies during 2018 as the bear market happened. There's been much bigger rallies than this. So don't get ahead of yourselves. We really need to see a significant rally to like $6,000 or more, even like 10000 I think we really have to hit 10000 before we can say, okay, the bear market's over. Because you can just look at that long-term chart, 20000 to 3100 Now we're at like 3900 4000 and it looks like nothing. Like on the chart, it looks like the slightest little blip upwards. And it doesn't even compare. Like there's been rallies in 2018, actually. Even though all those rallies have been like smashed down over the course of 2018. They were much bigger than the current rallies. So don't get ahead of yourselves. How about the rest of the crypto market? Well, 
since Bitcoin's kind of really volatile today, and pretty much it's a slow uptrend, like I said, on, on average, but it's very volatile. So yeah, we got cryptocurrencies that are going up and cryptocurrencies that are going down. Ethereum is down 0.2%. Ripple is down 2.2%. And Ethereum is way ahead of Ripple in the market cap. Now it's like $2 billion lead over Ripple. So Ethereum solidly in the number two spot near $148. That's much better than what it was. It used to be struggling to stay above 100. So it's gone up like 50% even more. EOS up 6%. EOS has been doing really good like during this rally that started a couple days ago. So EOS has been rallying even more than Bitcoin, and now it's at $3.5 billion market cap. Strong gains. Litecoin's up 5.2%, so Litecoin's a big winner today. Litecoin's been rallying a lot. Litecoin rallied a ton on that February 8th rally. Litecoin actually led the rally. Litecoin went up like 30% that day, and it dragged everything up with it. So Litecoin's kind of been a precursor for the rally that started around February 8th. Uh, Bitcoin Cash, down 0.2%. And Bitcoin Cash was actually doing pretty good during this rally, too. It's a $2.6 billion market at $146. Bitcoin Cash was also below $100, kind of like Ethereum. And it's gone up like 50% now or more. Of course, Bitcoin Cash was over $600 before the fork in mid-November. So Bitcoin Cash has a long way to go. And I brought up that point the other day. It's like some of these cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin Cash and Ethereum have gone down so much that they have a lot of room to go up. So they seem to be going up stronger than Bitcoin on these updates. But it seems like Bitcoin Cash has leveled off for today, at least. At least this morning. Stellar XLM is down 1.8%. Tron TRX is down 2.2%. Tron has been doing very good. Uh, well, it was like the big winner about a month or two ago. It was like going up when everything else wasn't really going up. And Tron's not at the highs anymore that it was. But Tron's definitely a contender. It seems to be competing with Ethereum. Ethereum's losing some popularity and Tron's taking it a bit. We'll see how that plays out long term. And I'm talking about dApps and smart contracts. That's where Tron is competing with Ethereum. Binance Coin, BNB. It was having quite a rally this morning from what I saw, but now it's only up 3.1%. I believe it just ticked downwards. I think it was up over, like it was up 5 to 10% earlier this morning. Now it's up 3.1%. So Binance is launching their decentralized exchange, the Binance DEX. And the testnet actually launched today. So Binance Coin, BNB has been rallying quite a bit over the past week or two. Now it's in the top 10. Uh, Cryptocurrencies on coin market cap. It has a $1.52 billion market cap, well ahead of Cardano, but still behind Tron. It could theoretically overtake Tron and Stellar eventually if the Binance DEX goes well. The mainnet will probably launch soon, I assume, because they, they made sure the Binance DEX was fully working before they launched the testnet, but they're just making sure 100% that it works with the whole public using it. And then they'll probably go live just at some, probably really suddenly at some point soon, the Binance DEX should be live. And it could be the biggest decentralized exchange DEX in the crypto space. But we'll have to wait and see how that happens. One interesting point about Binance DEX is you could actually issue tokens. And the Binance DEX runs on the Binance chain. And the only thing you could use for transaction fees on the Binance chain is Binance Coin. It's kind of like how you can only use Ethereum for transaction fees on the Ethereum network. So, But Binance chain, you could use it to issue tokens. And maybe, and then you could have those tokens listed on the Binance DEX. I think it costs a hundred thousand dollars. Though, in fact, yeah, there's been some negative speculation about the Binance DEX. They're saying it's not really fully decentralized, and they're saying how the Binance chain has eleven validators. So this sounds a lot like EOS. So EOS had lots of problems in 2018 because it was found out that it was partially centralized. Like you have uh, 21 blog producers on EOS, and they all kind of conference call, apparently, as far as I know, and they've frozen some accounts and stuff that were thought to be hacked or something. 
Well, Binance Chain is similar in that it has validators, and there's 11 validators, and they say they're going to expand the validators, but Binance gets to choose the validators. So this isn't true decentralization. It's actually centralization. And that's how you get high amounts of block uh, frequency, basically. Like, So they have one-second block times, and that's only really possible through like centralization. Like EOS has very high... Uh, well, very fast block times. So EOS also has like lots of transaction potential for frequency and very fast block times. Binance Chain is the same because they use a similar validation scheme where you actually have like basically a centralized group of validators because like Binance gets to choose the validators. EOS, it's more of a vote, but it seems like kind of centralized. Anyways, so there's some negative speculation about how the Binance Chain isn't like truly a decentralized blockchain and therefore the Binance Dex isn't just another centralized exchange, but it has kind of a blockchain. So, we'll see how that plays out too. That's Maybe that's what's causing it to go down this morning. Like it went up a lot this morning, but then all that news started to come out about how, hey, it's kind of like EOS, it's kind of centralized. So, But yeah, back to the point. Uh, if people issue tokens on the Binance chain and it becomes a popular way to issue tokens, maybe that will compete with Ethereum. But now that I'm thinking about it, if the Binance chain really is like they choose the validators and Binance is in control of who mines the chain basically and who verifies the chain, then it's not going to really compete with Ethereum. Ethereum is decentralized at this point. Then again, the Ethereum developers are trying to make it like proof of stake and get rid of the miners. And that would make it a lot more centralized. So there's a lot of factors at play here. Like Ethereum might become more centralized. Binance Chain looks centralized, but we'll have to wait and see. And we'll see what happens. But it is possible Binance Coin and Binance Chain could compete with Ethereum, is all I'm trying to say. All right, Cardano ADA is down 2%. Bitcoin SV down 2.5%. Monero XMR is down 3%. IOTA down 0.6%. Dash down 1.1%. Scrolling down the list of Dogecoin. It's down 0.3%. And let's take a look at Burstcoin as well. Burstcoin is the king of proof of capacity. It's a very unique cryptocurrency. Because you actually use your hard drive to mine it. And it makes it like, it's like the only cryptocurrency algorithm that's actually profitable. Because it uses like no electricity, barely any internet bandwidth. So basically, with Burstcoin, even on your personal computer, even if you only make like one cent per terabyte, I believe that's what it is. Like if you have one terabyte of hard drive space, you make a penny uh, per day, but it's still pure profit. Like if you try to mine Dogecoin or Bitcoin on your personal computer, you're going to lose a lot of money because of electricity. But with Burstcoin, you can actually make money and then, yeah, you can start stacking up hard drives and it's actually profitable. So yeah, Burstcoin, the king of proof of capacity is up 2.3% currently. And that's interesting how it's rallying when a lot of other cryptos are down. It still has a long way to go to get back to its record highs. Right now it's about like 0.0043 cents. It was as high as like 10 cents in the past. So, you know, that's kind of like Bitcoin's $20,000 level would be Burstcoin at 10 cents. All right, so that's all I have for the market analysis today. A few news stories today, starting with Tim Draper. He says... That by the year 2021, everyone's going to be using Bitcoin to pay for their coffee via probably the Lightning Network. And he says by 2023 that baristas, which is like the people that make the coffee, are going to be laughing at those who try to use fiat currency to pay for coffee. I think that's a little extreme. I think people will always like have fiat currency to pay for coffee. But Starbucks is actually looking into rolling out infrastructure to pay with Bitcoin for coffee. But it's through, like, a mobile wallet. Like, they're not going to have a QR code on the counter. Like, really, I kind of wonder and kind of laugh at, like, why do these corporations even announce things like this? 
Because if they really wanted to implement Bitcoin, they could do it in like maybe less than a week by just giving QR codes to all the ca uh, baristas, like put it on the register, be like scan the QR code and then they would get the Bitcoin. It would be easy to set up. There's like a ton of systems like BitPay and coin payments that they could literally just integrate instantly and then print out a QR code, put it on the counter. Like it doesn't take any like money really to set this up or even that much time. Anyway, Starbucks has been saying they're going to work with Bact, B-A-K-K-T, which is the same people that are trying to launch the physical Bitcoin futures but are having regulatory issues, trying to launch them. Well, they're also looking into like teaming up with Starbucks and maybe like some other major corporations to implement Bitcoin payments. And as of now, I think Starbucks will just have a, a mobile like online payment scheme where people could like, it's kind of like the McDonald's app, like in McDonald's, like they implemented an online thing where you could pay for your credit card online i guess and you get some discounts for doing that starbucks might be trying to do the same thing and they're gonna have bitcoin in there that's big news starbucks is pretty major but it would be even bigger news if they literally just printed out a qr code and put it on the counter and said bitcoin's accepted here that'd be a lot better than just having it in an app that not everyone uses anyway so back to tim draper he thinks this is a sign that everyone's gonna pay for uh coffee with bitcoin by 2021 or, like, by 2023, uh, the baristas are going to laugh at people that give them cash. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, even in, like, a hyperinflation scenario, like Venezuela, God forbid, if that happens in the United States, people would still be bringing, like, you know, a basket full of cash to buy their coffee in any case. So, fiat's always going to be around for coffee, I believe. But Bitcoin has a good chance of getting in there, too. All right, another interesting but not so important and perhaps nebulous story. Well, we've talked about John McAfee. There's lots of interest in, like, what he's doing. So I looked today, and I was like, okay, what's up with John McAfee? Well, apparently he's, like, partying so hard in the Bahamas. Like, he was in Georgetown in the Exumas or whatever. And uh, he got banned from every single bar in Georgetown, and now he's, like, island hopping. And he doesn't have his big yacht anymore. He just has, like, a little boat that he's renting. So, like, that big yacht that his friend gave him, I guess he sailed away in. He has a little boat, and he's getting, he has, like, a team of people with him that are running for president with him, apparently, but they're mostly just getting really drunk and getting thrown out of every bar in the Bahamas and going from island to island to unsuspecting bars, and they're kind of laughing at the bars that they come to because they know what they're doing to the bars. Anyways, that's not really important, so the background story on this is uh, John McAfee's a major cryptocurrency quote-unquote influencer because he has a lot of Twitter followers. He has, like, almost 900,000 Twitter followers, and now he's running for president, uh, he thought that the IRS was going to convict him of felonies. It never happened. And it's really doubtful it might happen. I think he maybe got a subpoena because he didn't like pay taxes for like many years. He even said it himself, which is really bad for his case. And that's the ridiculous part. So he was saying, you know, like they're coming after me. I didn't pay taxes for years. But by him doing that, it actually puts him at risk even more for actually getting some sort of case against him. Like if they really didn't have a case against him and... Like, he basically just made the case for them at the beginning of this running away from the United States, going to the Bahamas, when he announced that he didn't pay all of his taxes. And he really thinks he is, like, going to get a felony. We'll see how that plays out. But anyways, as for now, he's running for president, but it might be the most disorganized anarchist campaign in history where, like, it's kind of like a joke. It's like, let's say anarchists run for president. They have no organization. That's kind of like John McAfee. He's just getting thrown out of bars. Like, if you literally, like, if a bar is going to throw you out, like, I don't see how you'd be able to win the presidency or even get anyone's vote if you can't even get accepted at a bar and act normal there. Anyways, moving on to another story of the day. The Quadriga CX story continues out of Canada. Quadriga CX was, like, the biggest Bitcoin exchange in Canada. Really not that big compared to Coinbase or anything like that. But 
Yeah, they totally lost all their money, apparently, because their founder and CEO had all the private keys for $190 million of cryptocurrency, supposedly. He went to India and died, supposedly. There is a death certificate for him, but there was also some speculation. He literally went to an area known for a death mafia, which basically issues death certificates to anyone that wants to buy it. So that's really suspicious, and also, like, he made his last will and testament, like, right before boarding a plane, leaving Canada to go to India to build an orphanage. Like, he wasn't... It didn't say he was going to die or anything. He was actually going to be doing hard work on an orphanage, and then he just died from Crohn's disease, which usually doesn't kill people. Anyways, besides all that points, here's the news of, of the day regarding this. The Wall Street Journal did some investigation and claims that $10.1 million to $24.7 million was moved from Quadriga CX accounts, like, recently. And the bad thing is the courts gave Quadriga CX, like, a one-month stay where no one could sue them, and that gives them time to, like, get rid of all their money. So they're claiming that, you know, this guy died, but if he didn't die and he's alive, and this is just speculation, then something like this would happen, which is apparently, like, there's multiple blockchain forensics firms have said, like, yeah, the wallets are moving around. Money's being liquidated out of the wallets. And so, first off, there is not $190 million of cryptocurrency. So, Quadriga CX was, like, really in the negative. Like, they they only had, like, a fractional reserve system. It's almost like a Ponzi scheme where people are depositing money and then people that are withdrawing money are getting the money that's just being deposited. That's like a Ponzi scheme. And then the founder and CEO dies at a very convenient time uh, to get out of that trouble because that would have been, like, you know, prison time at least. And then all the money that was left like tens of millions of dollars that was left is being liquidated. So this is not looking good. And Quadriga CX customers probably are going to be high and dry at this point. That's what it's starting to look like. And we'll see how this plays out. This might be like a multi-year saga of what happens with this. Because no one even knows where to start with a lawsuit on this. Because like first they would have to find the founder and CEO to have any chance of any real lawsuit. Alright, so that's all I have for you today on this February 20th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to Crypto.IQ for the most important stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. Also, check out the Crypto.IQ trading desk. They've made over 280% profit since July during the worst of the bear market. So even in the bear market, they make plenty of money because they know how to go short and long. And you can see their analysis in real time if you join the trading desk. And there's a 14-day free trial. And you can ask them as many questions as you want, and they'll answer them in real time. So if you want to be an expert crypto trader, you should join the Crypto.IQ trading desk. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. I remain in space.